had a mundane but helpful intuitive experience this morning. I was making my daily, try to make it daily, herbal infusion, and the herbs were in the jar and I was pouring the boiling hot water over it. And when the water was about a fourth of the way into the jar, I thought this might crack from the hot water. I'm going to stop and put some cooler water in here. And the moment I put the kettle down, I heard a pop and the jar cracked. Uh, Luckily, it didn't shatter and explode all over the place, as has happened, as happened to my husband Owen last week when he was making coffee. Um, But if, you know, if I hadn't had that weird flash of, I should stop doing this, this might crack. If I had kept going, it might have reached that level of heat where it did completely explode and Um, you know, shower me with burning hot, boiling hot water and herbs. And it it made me think about intuition. I mean, it's such kind of a funny little moment and story and no huge profound effects on my life, but I'm sure glad that it happened then. And I mean, I do that every day, pour boiling water over herbs or coffee. And it made me wonder like, what it made me think about how intuition is something that is strengthened. It's a muscle that gets strengthened the more you use it. And when we can apply this muscle, this skill, um, to more profound, magical, meaningful, like life-changing experiences, then just such beautiful things happen in our life. So this show today is not about that moment in my kitchen, but I wanted to share one of my own medicine stories, something that's been developing for the last year, something that's so relevant to things that I talk about on this show. And it's funny because when I first started thinking about, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do a podcast about this. Um, it was so much smaller than it is now because as I sat down and started thinking about all of the threads that weave into this story, it just got bigger and more complex. And I made all these realizations and had these revelations that I hadn't realized or thought about yet. And I love that because I think that that is how story medicine works. That's how magic works. You know, we imbue the things that happen to us with meaning. And that is so much what certain forms of herbal medicine, such as flower essences, which I will be talking about, are about. I have a blog post called um, Flower Essences Are Story Medicine. And so this is a multi-layered story. And um, I am Amber Magnolia Hill. This is the Medicine Stories podcast, how aptly named. And this is episode 15. So I'm recording this in April and coming up is the launch of uh, my friend and the guest on episode four of this podcast, Asia Suler's online course, Intuitive Plant Medicine. And I contributed my herbal body oiling ebook to it last year, which was the first year. And so I got access to it and I was so excited to get access to it because I had taken a class in person with Asia at the Spirit Weavers Gathering a couple years ago, and she did this guided meditation, and it was so 
powerful for me. And I had heard her say that this course, that intuitive plant medicine would have a bunch of guided meditations. I think it has like 14 or something. So I couldn't wait to do them because I'm someone who doesn't really, you know, I don't really have like big visionary experiences on my own. I need to be guided, basically. I need to be guided. And when I am, though, something always emerges. You know, we have these huge reservoirs in our psyche of of stories, of images, of meaningful memories and things that have happened to us that that remain in their composting in the dark, waiting to be called up again when the time is right. And things like guided meditations and incorporating plant medicine, especially energetic plant medicine like flower essences into my life has really helped me tap into this deep sea of symbols that lies in my psyche. So in in that interview with Asia in episode four, which was called um, Multidimensional Plants and the Fabric of Consciousness, in that interview, I told the story of my encounter with Angelica during one of these meditations in Asia's course. That meditation was all about like finding a plant ally. And so today I want to tell the story of what happened to me when I did her meditation for figuring out what uh, the flower essence that you have made is for. And so in the course, you know, she teaches you how to make the flower essence and all that. And I've been making them for a while now. So last year was our first spring on the land that we had bought the summer before. And we had just learned that this land here in Northern California has a really special type of soil called serpentine soil. And it's called serpentine soil because there's a lot of serpentine rock in it that erodes over time and sort of becomes the soil. And it's quite rare. There are a few patches of it in California, but not very many. And it's really neat because the plants that grow in it are rare too. Um, There's even one flower that is only here on our specific patch of serpentine, which is, I don't know, a couple miles maybe um, and I haven't seen the flower, but we've been told, uh, told about it by a local native plant expert. It literally only grows like around my house, which is so neat. Um, but a lot of the plants are, you know, a little more widespread. And so this flower last June, this happened, just completely captivated me. It's purple and there's a bunch of different, um, like flower heads coming off it in this big, um, well, I want to say umble, but that usually refers to the the family, a certain family of flowers. And this is not from that family. This actually turns out it's from the lily family. So I'm going to put a photo of this um, of this flower on the post for this episode. So it's going to be at mythicmedicine.love slash podcast if you want to see this flower. So it's purple and there's maybe like 10 to 15 different flowers coming off of it and they're like one of the flowers will just be just about to bud and then one of them will be budding and one of them will be in full bloom and then another one will already be dying and decaying. So I was so struck, first of all, by the beauty and the vibrant purple color, but by like the community of flowers living on this single stalk and how they were all in different phases of their life and some hadn't even like begun their life yet and some were already gone, were already dead. And I just could not stop paying attention to this flower. So because I was doing Asia's course, I was like, this is 
I'm going to make a flower essence out of this. And I did. And then I did Asia's meditation. So what, okay, I'm going to try to explain what happened to me in this meditation. It was kind of um, divided up into three different parts. I've done the same meditation a number of times now with other both flower and stone essences that I've made. And every time it's just been incredible. And um, I guess I should say here, if you're like, I really want this experience that Asia's course is launching again on May 1st on Beltane. I think you have until April 28th to sign up for it. And by the time you hear this, um, it'll registration will already be open. So I'm going to put a link to this course in the show notes for this episode. So if you're listening on your phone, you can just open the app and click the link. And I'll also put it up on my blog at mythicmedicine.love slash blog for anyone who wants to find the link to it there. Um, so I'm doing... I'm doing this meditation. I'm holding the bottle, you know, in my hand. I'm taking a little drop. She instructs you what to do. And, you know, the only sense I have for this, this flower so far is, is this idea of like kind of family constellations and the people who constellate around us and our families and the way that we are interwoven and connected throughout time. That's just, you know, what, what I just saw every time I looked at this flower head. And so I'm in, oh, oh, it still gives me chills when I think about it. I'm in the meditation and I'm, I'm still even so surprised that this happened to me because I'm just not a very visual person. I'm like the least artistic person on the planet. If you ask me to draw a horse right now, it will look like a freaking four-year-old drew it. I'm really bad with like spatial representation. Um, so when something like this happens, it's really neat. And I found myself in, in this art piece that my friend and also past um, podcast guest, Lara Valeda Vesta, did and sent to me. I have it hanging on my wall. She had just sent it to me um, like a few days before this happened, I think. And it's of the Norns, the three fates. And Lara in episode nine, episode seven, embodied ancestry um and like feminine magic and the mother line i think that's what i titled that episode she gets deep into the lore of the norns of this uh ancient ancient northern european mythology the archetype of these three female spinners who um you know dole out fate to people and this this piece of art is so gorgeous. It's unlike anything I've ever seen before. And each of the Norns' faces um, are a rune. You have to see it. So that's also at mythicmedicine.love slash podcast. If you just scroll down to the episode with Lara, it's episode seven, you will see this piece. So in the meditation, I am in that scene, but I'm standing behind the Norns. Whereas when you look at this, you're standing in front of them. I'm standing behind them. And suddenly one of them turns quickly and like severely and looks at me and like pierces my soul with her gaze. So I'm doing this meditation and I'm like, you know, it was so strong and so overwhelming. And so I guess I'll explain what that has now come to me to mean before I get on to the other two things that happened in that meditation. Well, so of course it means like it, 
it immediately um, kind of justified and or validated my sense of what I could use this flower essence for, which was to connect me more deeply with my ancestors, with, with my fate, with the woven threads that have that are a part of my own mythic unfolding and that connect me to my family and to the people and the women in my lineage. Um, um, <laughs> so this is really big and really hard to talk about. And um, I'm sorry when I'm stumbling over my words here, but so then I look up this, this flowers Latin binomial, it's scientific name and it's, Tritalea brigesi or triplet lily. So literally like the three, the idea of three is woven into the name of this flower, of this lily. It's the triplet lily. And I think about the book that I had just read, Max Dashu's Witches and Pagans, Women in European Folk Religion. And I think about all the things that she has to say about the Norns. And she quotes, she quotes some ancient texts that says, the Norns are the maidens who over the sea of ages travel in deep foreknowing. <laughs> That's the most beautiful phrase. And it um it speaks to this idea of woven fate and of destiny and of how we are intertwined, especially with our ancestors and with our families. Um, and w- what I've come to really think about with this essence is that it connects me to the people that I walk with outside of time. So Max writes, Rather than progressing in a straight line, the Norns spiral through revolutions of time. What was must lead to what shall be, which inexorably turns to what was. In this philosophy, time as well as space curves and spirals. She also writes, the shaper of destiny is herself the sum of fates fulfilled and in turn brings new things into being. She also writes that, Icelandic sagas speak of the Norns as perceiving, decreeing, and pronouncing destiny. Nornir Lisa, said the heathen Norse, the fates are wise. Their speech carries determinative power. Against Erd's word, no one speaks. So that's another thing. Erd is the oldest Norn. And Max also says that where a single Norn is named in all these ancient texts, it is usually Erd. So when I texted Lara to tell her about this crazy vision I had just had in this plant meditation that I did, she was like, oh my gosh, the one who turned to look at you was Erd, the oldest of the Norns. She said it gave her chills, you know, and I felt the same way. Um, so that... <sighs> I mean, this is that kind of stuff I think about all the time. Like, this is so much of what I'm trying to get to in a lot of my interviews on this show. This is what I am absolutely going to write a book about someday when I have the time, when my little is older. And, you know, it really, of course, makes me think of my mom who died in a car accident two and a half years ago and how I always, from from my youngest memories, um, was afraid that she would die in a car accident driving home from work, which is exactly what happened. And it happened 
a few week, five or six weeks before she was going to retire from work. And the last time we spoke on the phone, two days before, I said to her, I can't wait until you're done working that job and you don't have to make that dangerous drive home anymore. And so the moment I heard the news early the next morning in a voicemail from her husband, and I've told this whole story on my blog as well. Um, if you, I just, I'm a writer, I have to write things out. So, you know, a few months after she died, I, I wrote it all out and was really detailed with all these moments of like exactly what happened when and how I heard and how I told my sister and, and all that kind of stuff. But the moment that information reached my ears, like I didn't have that reaction that you see so often on like TV and movies and whatever that like, no, a split second before that, what my thought was, was it has happened. It has now finally happened. And and so it has come to pass. This thing that I was always expecting on such a deep level. So I, I, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't shocked. You know, I was devastated, um, but I wasn't surprised. And so that's that's one of the things that I think about when I think about this flower and this essence and the way that our fate and destinies are so interwoven with other people's, especially our families and the people that we are the closest with, the people that our very bodies are made of and the way that my actual literal physical body was made of my mother's. Um, you know, it's not surprising at all that I had this sense of how her actual physical body would exit when she played such a big role in how mine would enter. And I'm not saying that this is um, everyone's experience or going to be, but I feel like inquiry into these things is a big part of my woven fate. I've, I've always been interested in mother-daughter relationships and matrilineal um, connections and in some really deep, like indescribable way, I feel like my mom's death is a very important part of my fate and of my destiny and of the work that I am now doing and I'm going to do in the world. So when I when I think of this essence now, I think of the Norns, these ancient goddesses and um, how, especially like in this Norse mythology, this Norse um cosmology and the way they viewed the world there was a lot of overlap between goddesses the three fates um, and the desir or the female ancestors of your lineage who who look who give you their blessing who are looking out for you and this is something lara and i talked about in her interview too i just love this concept i love it so much and so you know i think about the spun thread of not only one individual life but many intertwined lives and again of the people we walk with outside of time so the second part of the meditation and this is all happening within like a 10 or so minute period you know i'm just laying in my 11 year old daughter's bed clutching this bottle of flower essence going through this like very big emotional experience of learning what this essence is about for me and that that's something that i write about in that blog post about um flower essences our story medicine is it's really personal to us i when we make our own essences and or if you buy someone else's essence it's because you resonate with them as a person you resonate with their story medicine and you resonate with what they found this essence to to be about to work on 
So I'm thinking of like this really huge flower essence company that I know of and they just make, I don't know, so, so, so many flower essences and I don't feel attracted to them at all. Like no matter what this company tells me these essences are for, I'm just like, I don't know you. I don't know the person who made it. I don't know what they saw when they like meditated with this plant and had this vision, you know, just because you put on your website, like the keywords that it's for this, use this essence for this thing. Um, it doesn't like strike a chord in my heart if I don't know the bigger story behind it. And so that's, that's what I mean when I say that flower essences are story medicine. It's this vibrational attunement to whatever archetype or mythology or whatever it is, whatever healing you need. Um, so the second part of this meditation, Asia asks you to, to bring up a memory. And, and what I thought of, what I first saw was the brown carpet in my childhood home, which was built in 78, I think. So it was all very earth tone. <laughs> For um, throughout the 80s, we had this really dark brown carpet. And then I saw right next to that, this red patterned card, the back of a card with this like red and white pattern. And I realized that it was the game memory from when I was a kid. And I even looked it up online later and like, that's exactly what the the back of these memory cards look like is that they were red with like little white, kind of like a strawberry is how I think of it. And um, I remembered from such a young age beating my parents at memory. And they told me when I was older, like we weren't just letting you win, you know? And I remember my dad always saying, Amber has such a good memory. And as I grew up, he would always say that too. And my, I think my mom too, it was just kind of something I've always been told. I have a really good memory. And, and I still do. Like I am definitely noticing some mental faculties declining as I get into my late thirties and especially um, going through childbearing again in the last two years and the whole postpartum period. Um, but I still have a really good memory. Like I've been journaling my whole life. And when I look back on my journals, sometimes I misremember things, but I'm really surprised by how often I'm like, oh yeah, that's exactly how I remember that happening. So I, I see that, that surfacing as being a part of this, like even my name, Amber is this, uh, is this substance that holds ancient memory. It's a preserver of ancient memory because when that sap solidifies, it often preserves specimens of ancient animals or plants that we today can look at and learn more about evolution and learn more about the prehistory of the planet. And, you know, my parents gave me that name and my mom did actually. And in the last episode with Vicky Salcido Ka, we talk about, she says that like names are seeds planted by our parents. And so even my name, I've, I've come to see as an adult. I hated it as a kid because I hated that other people had it. I still kind of do. I'm sorry to the other Ambers out there, but I'm, I just bothers me when people have the same name. So or people have my name, I guess. Um, but you know, now I, I come to see my name as being so meaningful for me and for the work that I am doing. And I think that this ties into this part of the meditation. This ties into this flower essence and into the fates and how our, our fates are woven. And we have this long memory, this long lineage of humans that live inside our body, our ancestors and and again, as I talked about in episode seven with Lara, this 
crazy ancestral dream I once had, like the scrolls are in our bones. We all have these, this ancient memory literally inside our DNA. Um, and this is something that I'm always, always trying to awaken in people is that like a connection with the earth and a connection with plants, healing plants, the natural world, you, the, the healing potential of your own self is within you. It is your birthright as a human being. The vast majority of your ancestors lived in deep, immersive connection with the earth. We were hunter-gatherers for 99% of human history. And even since agriculture, like everyone up until my great-grandparents' generation, lived wholly off the land. It's a very, very new thing in human history to not have a deep connection with nature. So there's really nothing esoteric or spiritual about connecting with the earth and using plants as food and medicine. It's in you. You have that long memory in you too. So the third part of the meditation, I don't remember exactly what Asia said. And let me just tell you that her voice is so soothing. Every meditation I've ever done with her has been profound. So again, I don't remember what she said and I'm not trying to like, um, you know, (laughs) give you the whole thing here, but I, I saw, I saw this vision. So I was under the ground. I was like within, um, a root system of, of trees and of plants. And I was looking up at the sky and I was watching, like millennia fly by the day turn to night day turn to night uh, moon cycles go by the stars in the sky above these super super tall treetops and so again you know these are three very different visions that i had but they all tie in together and they all tie into this flower and this flower essence it's just again like deep time looking at ancient cycles of life um taking a long view or what sophia rose in episode three called looking at the wide arc of time so this this is another thing that like as i keep mentioning previous podcast episodes i'm thinking again about like woven fate and the people that we walk with outside of time or inside of time also like i am currently embodied on the planet with all the people I've interviewed so far on this podcast. And I think there's real meaning in that. Like I have a lot to learn from them and their teachings and their medicine stories and their life experiences are now interwoven with mine in such a way that when I have experiences such as this, these visions I had during this meditation, and then now almost a year later, kind of me tying this all up inside my own mind and looking at what it all means. Um, It's all just these woven threads of fate with these people that I am lucky enough to walk with in this lifetime. And so um, (laughs) sorry, I'm just reading the, the few notes that I had written down. 
it would be like really smart of me as a business owner to be like, oh, and I have this essence all bottled and ready for sale in the shop, but I don't, but I've always planned to do it. I'm not really sure why I've been um, keeping it to myself for so long. I just, I don't know, everything happens in its own time, but I think after after this episode and the, all the ways that I've thought about this whole experience and what happened with this meditation and what this essence means to me and how much it ties into what I'm trying to do with this podcast and what I hope it inspires in other people. I you know this podcast was just like a, a glimmer in my eye when I had this experience, but is um, it all, it's all again, woven together. It's all like the way that my fate has woven itself to get me to the point that I am at right now where I so deeply wish to inspire people to connect with their ancestors, look more at the wide arc of time, not so much living in our present, disconnected, soul-crushing culture, um, but stepping back and kind of like stepping back into the human soul, stepping back into the heart of the world, um, stepping back into this mythic mindedness that is so deeply embedded in humans you know homo sapiens are the story species where we are following following the threads of the things that call us the things that call to our spirits the deep longings that we have the visions and the dreams that we have and i mean those are the things that are calling you to your fate those are the things that are calling you to your fate and being in deep relationship with the earth is is such an important part of staying grounded on whatever path you're walking, whatever your fate is calling you towards. Um, a deeper relationship with the earth and the plants and with your ancestors is only going to enhance that path. And they're so intertwined too, like relationship with the earth and relationship with the ancestors. Again, this is something Asia and I talked about a lot in that episode, and I think I've talked about it a number of times on this podcast. So, yeah, that that's it. This is all so big to talk about. It. It's really hard for me to kind of wrap my mind around or like wrap it up in a pretty bow. Um, but like that's that's magic too. You know, I think so rarely do our like most potent medicine stories and the most powerful um, magical events in our lives like wrap themselves up in that bow it's it's open-ended as i like to say healing is open-ended and endless so this story isn't done you know if i come back a year from now and talk about that flower essence and what it meant to me and what the three visions i had during that meditation mean they will the meaning will expand in all of those and as my fate continues to interweave with other people's the the meaning will expand the symbology will take on different nuances i'll make more discoveries from inside my own heart and mind and from the world outside and this is why i think that making vibrational medicines making essences is so powerful why so many people are getting really interested in it right now and i think it's a really wonderful um like first step into herbalism because you don't need to know the exact medicinal constituents of the plants you're working with or how to best extract them into which menstruum and 
you know, you just need to um, feel a resonance with a certain flower and go outside and put it in a bowl of water under the sun and make a flower essence. And whatever story that you have around that will be a part of the medicine. Every time you take that essence, then you are also imbibing the medicine story around its creation. And so I just, I encourage you to keep, like I always say, following the mythic threads of your own unfolding path and the things that call to you and excite you. And if you want to go deeper into all of this, then check out Asia's course, Intuitive Plant Medicine. It is open right now for registration. Again, registration closes on April 28th, I think. So a lot of you will be listening to this after that point. Um, but she's going to do it every year. So just like pay attention next April, you know, maybe set set an alarm in your calendar right now for like next April um, to be paying attention to what Asia is offering. She says that intuitive plant medicine is a guided initiation into becoming a plant medicine person, a rich gateway that was designed to help you reopen the pathways of communication between yourself and the natural world. Beginning on Beltane and closing on the summer solstice, this class is a portal that will help you access deep interconnection, earth magic, and the uniqueness of your own medicine, the medicine you are here to give to this world. I just love how much this class is so aligned with what I'm doing on this show. And um, last year, one of my oldest friends from elementary school and her mom took the class and they loved it so much. And it was so fun watching them on Instagram um, share what they were doing that they had learned in class. And it just felt really neat for me, like knowing Asia and then knowing them and they're not herbalists at all, you know, have no background in this kind of stuff, but had an interest. And it was just really neat watching them take it on and make these gorgeous flower essences that they that they just love they love doing they both said it was totally life-changing doing this course so um yeah thanks for listening to me ramble i really love sharing my own medicine stories you know doing an interview-based podcast i'm really here to evoke other people's stories but It really feels good every now and then to get my own stories in there too. And someday, like I said, I will write books. I just, I'm so excited for that day to come. Um, Okay, again, you can click the link that will be in the show notes and I'll put it up on my blog too, mythicmedicine.love to access Asia's amazing intuitive plant medicine course. Um, I wish you well, and I will be back really soon with a very cool interview with Sean Donahue and following that with Sage Popham. And then I'm off to teach at the Good Medicine Confluence in Colorado, and then we'll be back with a whole bunch of new episodes. All right. Thank you for taking these medicine stories in. I hope they inspire you to keep walking the mythic path of your own unfolding self. I love sharing information and will always put any relevant links in the show notes. You can find my blog, handmade herbal medicines, and a lot more at mythicmedicine.love. While you're there, be sure to click the black banner across the top of the page to take my quiz, which magical herb is your spirit plant?
It's a fun and lighthearted quiz, but the results are really in-depth and designed to bring you into closer alignment with the medicine that you're in need of. If you love the show, please consider supporting my work at patreon.com slash medicine stories. Um, there's some cool rewards there, like exclusive content, free access to my herbal ebook and online course, and the ability to chat with me. I am a crazy busy and overwhelmed mom and adding another project into my life with this podcast is a questionable move, but I'm also so excited about it and just praying that the Patreon will allow me the financial wiggle room to keep doing it. Another way that you can support if that's not an option is to head over to iTunes and subscribe and review the podcast. That would be super helpful. Thank you. And thank you to Marie Sue for providing the music that I use. That's Marie with two E's, S-I-O-U-X. This is from her song, Wild Eyes, one of my favorites. Uh, check out Marie Sue. Beautiful music. Thank you, and I look forward to next time. Bye.